welcome to the third episode of the Autism Spectrum Teacher Podcast. And now in our classrooms today, every teacher is a teacher for autistic children. And good practice for children with autism is good practice for all children and will really benefit everybody. And I started this podcast to share understanding of autism and different ways of learning through having conversations with autistic individuals, parents, professionals. And today I have a special guest, Richard Simmons, who runs the South London branch of The Engine Shed, which is a special interest group for children, young people and adults, all about trains and enables people to come together to share their interest in trains, whether it's to play or talk or watch and enjoy trains together. And I was really privileged and lucky to visit the engine shed during one of their open days a few weeks ago. And I had a great time playing with different trains, with children, with young people, having conversations with parents who really spoke positively about the group and the impact that it was having for them, which we talk about during the conversation with me and Richard, which you'll hear soon. And Richard also talks about his late diagnosis of atypical autism and what that means to him. So the theme of this episode is special interests. And now if you know someone with autism, which I'm sure you probably do, you may have noticed that they have very high attention to detail, whether that's in particular objects or a particular interest or even during an observation of something in a room, something may really stand out to them. Because it's frequently recognised that autistic individuals can be highly focused on a topic or a toy or an object and this is often referred to as a special interest or even an obsession, although I personally opt for using the term terminology special interest. And these special interests can start from a very young age and they may continue for a very long time or they may change different focuses frequently, depending on the person. And I've taught children who've had highly focused interests, for example, in dinosaurs, ancient Egypt, maps of London, numbers, letters. I've taught children who've been very attached to particular objects or toys or a book or figure. Uh, one child I taught really, really liked and was attached to a piece of a coat hanger, which went everywhere with him. And if he didn't have that with him, he actually felt very anxious. He, this was very special to him. Um, I've taught a child who was very, he really, really enjoyed one particular book, which he knew off by heart and would, would recite it over and over and over again. It was his favorite book. So as I mentioned, autistic individuals can have very high attention to detail and focus on parts sometimes rather than the whole. And... My special interest when I was younger was Michael Jackson and I had him all over the wall. I listened to him on repeat. I wore him on my clothes. I even had him on my bed covers. I would say my special interest now is autism and I can talk about autism all day long. And that's why I've started a podcast in autism. But the difference for an autistic person is that their special interest may completely 
take over and they may not be able to stop talking about their special interest or they may not want to do anything else they just want to do and focus on their special interest and so this is therefore a great opportunity to motivate and engage children young people and adults in learning through their special interest for a lot of autistic children and adults Methods of transport, including buses and trains, is particularly a common special interest. Actually, a child I taught knows all of the bus routes in London, where they go, what numbers they are, and he really enjoys looking at photos of them, and he can find them on Google and plan their routes on Google Maps. And he's also nonverbal and has very high sensory sensitivities and is not able to travel safely independently. I talk more about sensory sensitivities in the first episode of the podcast, so if you haven't listened to that one already, then please go back and listen to it. Now, there are many reasons why trains may be so appealing to autistic individuals, and it might be that many children like to watch and make the wheels spin on trains as well as watching other rotating and spinning objects such as washing machines and fans. And there are many theories why this may be the case, including visual stimulation as well as when you spin something, you make something a whole rather than a part, like a whole circle rather than a part. But that could be a whole nother episode theme. I was actually playing with trains with a child this week who was really engrossed in we were using brio track and 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 um, moving the trains along the track and he was loving watching the wheels spin around and I was modeling playing with the trains beside him pushing them on the track and saying choo choo but he was very much more interested in watching and looking at the wheels at that moment And trains and methods of transport may also be appealing due to the fact that they can be categorised into different routes and models, sizes, types. I actually posed this question to Richard during our conversation. Now, I must say, we recorded our conversation over Skype and there were some minor connection challenges. So please bear with us as it's a really interesting conversation and it's really exciting to hear the impact of the engine shed and how using special interests to motivate and engage autistic individuals and also how there are many potential career opportunities and learning opportunities. As a teacher, I would always say to use children's interests in their learning as there are so many opportunities with using an interest which a child is already excited about. For example, just thinking about trains, you can explore so many elements of maths, you can do writing about trains, so many important life skills of being able to get on a train and doing scientific inquiries about how trains work how to get a train from A to B, building and constructing train tracks, so many. There's endless opportunities, endless learning opportunities. Okay, without any further delay, here is my conversation with Richard Simmons, who runs the South London branch of the Engine Shed, all about special interests and the wonderful Engine Shed. Here it is after the intro.
And here's your host, my favourite teacher, Steph Reed. Hello, Richard. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for inviting me to the Engine Shed a couple of weeks ago in Streatham in South London. And should we start off by, by you talking a bit about the Engine Sheds? Yeah, it was, um, it was set up back in September in Streatham two existing engine sheds which exist one out in Chingford in Essex one in Reading uh, set up both by Sarah Snow um, it was an idea um, that I've sort of developed the whole idea is that it's for uh, children and young people on the autistic spectrum who like trains in whatever form mm. uh, so we've got a huge amount of brio wooden tracks uh, and trains um, uh, the Tommy Trackmaster and then also a working Hornby uh, model railway, uh, yeah. all in the one hall. Uh, the children can move around and do whatever they want to. Uh, the whole place is pretty much theirs uh, to run, to design the tracks, to play the trains. Um, it is their space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really brilliant to see a room, a, a, a busy room um, with lots of children building and uh, playing with the trains. Um, and also the Hornby trains as well, watching and, and controlling the trains on the track. It was, it was really lovely, especially seeing, you know, parents being able to be together and, like you said, a safe space. Um, it was, yeah, it was very, yeah. very enjoyable for me. As, and I could see for the children, they were really, really, really enjoying it. Yeah, we, we, we opened in Stratton back in September. Yeah. And never really knew how many people were going to turn up. Yeah. Um, a 30 for each session. Uh, we have a two-hour session initially, mainly for the younger children. Um, and we have, as I say, 30 children in the room uh, for a lot of children, two hours. It? Yeah. It's quite noisy. Uh, it can get quite warm. Um, and yet, it's very much their space. They, you can see they are uh, working together, communicating, uh, doing their thing. Uh, there are very few issues um, more than you get in, in any children's thing where they're, they're, they're playing with their favourite things. Yeah, when they're really uh, engaged and interested, yeah. Yeah, completely. Uh, we've just the last couple of sessions, we've had an extra hour on the end, uh, which has been supported by NAS Local Branch at Lambeth, mm. uh, which we've designed really for sort of teenagers and young adults. Uh, that's a much more chilled out session um, uh, and it's worked really well. Um, and this is, it's, it's it, we're sort of always developing as we go. Um, so yeah, we have we have open for three hours in in all once a month, um, and it, it's hugely popular. Uh, we're getting a lot of new people every time. People travelling to Streatham from East London, West London. Wow, yeah. Hart, uh, Hartfordshire was a, was the best one I had uh, this time round. Really? Yeah. I think as they support, I think they make something of the trip as well. Um, so yeah, all in all, it's it's, it's a great day out for them. And you can really see it, it's, it is a space for them where they can do their own thing, whatever their age, whatever. They're, they're completely engaged with it. Yeah, I did speak to a couple of parents who said to me they need something like this where they live. You know, they really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and they, they were saying, you know, there, there, there should be some more clubs <laughs> or, or places to go where they were closer to them. Um, like the engine shed, yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's with with my involvement with in in schools and teaching as well, um, and following my own diagnosis a couple of years ago, um, 
the whole thing about special interests has, has really become a, a, a thing for me. And you realise that it's uh, as well as being amazing and enjoying um, enjoyable, obviously for the for the children or the the young people. It, it is it is their sort of zone which they are happy to work in. Yeah. And you can then develop that, and you can then put you you can use it as a basis for teaching, training, or just having fun, whatever it might be. And it doesn't have to be railways. Obviously, it's a popular one. Yeah. Um, but there yeah. are many areas, and I'm, I'm I'm being approached by other parents who have heard about engine sharing, and they're saying they're looking for uh, similar um, opportunities for. Um, there was a mum talking the other day about her, her daughter's very much involved with sort of fantasy games yeah. um, and things like that. And, so, and, so, and things that aren't in a neurotypical world, you might think as being age, uh, age appropriate, so to speak, in the same way as I have um, children in Indian Shed who are 18, 20 years old playing with Brio. Yeah. There's no issue that interested about that. Yeah. And so it, it, it's having that space where they can just enjoy their thing uh, uh, and, you know, do, do whatever they want to. And I'm I'm being asked where where else you know can we take engine shed to? It's it's amazingly portable. Fortunately, just behind me there's a huge stack of plastic boxes with, with many trains in them. Yeah. Uh, and so we're looking at, looking at ways to to, to take it elsewhere. Um, I've I've already been visiting autism events. I've uh, visited autism special schools. Yeah. Um, there's a huge amount of scope for it. Um, and always happy to to spread the word if if anyone else is interested in, in setting up something similar. Yeah, what do you think it is about trains that that <laughs> <laughs> them, that makes them so appealing to to a lot of children or and, and adults? Um, quick answer: I don't know, and yeah. I don't think anybody does know. Yeah. Um, over the Christmas period, I was I was just digging around some old articles that I'd found before about special interests, and of course. Thomas the Tank Engine and, and trains and yeah. buses came up, as it normally does. And yet every single article, however well-researched they were, was just guessing wildly at it. Yeah. Um, some of it is to do with, with sort of progressions and acquiring knowledge and things in a predictable order. Yeah. Uh, Gaining that sort of encyclopedic knowledge. Um, but it doesn't have to be that. And, and what's amazing at Engine Shed is, is when you watch the children, they're not all doing the same thing. Yeah. And with any group of children, there are those who, who like the sort of scenario role-playing, what's going on, the imaginative play. There are those that really enjoy the building side of things, and they're not really fussed about the trains. They want to actually put the track together Build the track, in a way. Yeah. Um, and there are those that are just intrigued by the actual sort of the, 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 the actual objects themselves, the wheels going around, and how they couple together, and how you can combine them, and things like that. So it, it's a little bit of everything. Um, and hopefully, with Engine Shed isn't just a sort of train spotter's paradise. I was slightly to know what I was going to, what, who was going to come through the door, and you do, you just get this huge variety, which is actually great from my point of view because it means I can basically put out lots of crates of, of track, yeah. and within a quarter of an hour, we've got the builders who have arrived have built something, while and while the children that want to play stuff have then followed on and are playing trains on top of it, yeah. and then modifying as they go along. So it sort of runs itself. It's it's very easy in that respect once it gets going. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it can it can operate in 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 different ways in in with different subjects as well. Yeah, yeah. And how do you? I mean, you said that you get thirty children plus. And um, how do you see this progressing, or or where would you like to take it? Uh, lots of ideas. Uh, as I say, there's two existing um, engine sheds at the moment. They're very much run on a by parents of autistic children and supporting them. Um, I'm in a slightly different way. Um, I'm sort of looking at the opportunities to develop it in the sector potentially. 
um, or also on the, the sheer scale of it, as you said, I've got people traveling a long way to Streatham yeah. to come to it and say, yeah. and we have one nearer to me. Um, it, it's a real, even though we've only been open, you know, four months, um, I'm already sort of looking at what the, what the capabilities are of, of broadening it or helping more ones to open uh, or opening in other areas. Um, I mean, the, the, the scope is huge. Funding is obviously an interesting question, yeah. but it is obviously the whole special interests activities is something that seems to be really taking off. Uh, so hopefully funding to support that will be um, will be easier to find. We'll, we'll see. Um, yeah. For now, I, I'm doing it as a voluntary basis from my point of view. The, the donations that we get from people on the door cover the uh, hiring of the venue and the wear and tear on the trains, which get occasionally you get the odd crash or the odd Hombi train flies off the table. I, um, I did see uh, there was a boy while I was there who was fixing some trains, which was he was trying to find a ah. piece for a train. Yeah, that he, he was he was quite enjoying um, uh, finding the missing piece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, it, it's that you can there's a risk you take it too far but there is that I, I know through the autism groups that I'm that I'm a member of that there are people that have taken their special interests into a job yeah. they're working uh, in bus companies uh, running their their um, staff rosters yeah. and they obviously personally know that company backwards they know probably every bus on the fleet um, or whatever it might be and so they have that their special interest develops into a, a, them being extremely good at what their job is yeah um, yeah and and there is that same thing whether it's railways or not there is that thing of actually you know this is special interest this could develop into something yeah this could yeah. be basis, uh, of, of, of many things we've got one of the regular visitors to engine shed who um, I know he, he'll admit to it every time he gets homework or Whatever the subject might be, he always trains him. Um, so if it's a numeracy project, he's already he's working out the. It's all to do with uh, the gauge of the track or how you know and all the rest of it. So it's possible, um, yeah. and and it's it's something that you know I think should really be supported, uh, and it helps them. So if, if somebody's there trying to fix a, tr a broken train, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, know. I definitely, whilst I was there, was thinking there's so many. I'm sure so many of these people are going to be train drivers working for the London <laughs> Underground. Yeah. Yeah. The knowledge was phenomenal. I had a very interesting conversation with a, with a young man um, about uh, the Underground and his, yeah, his knowledge was, was brilliant and really enjoyed yeah. that conversation. Teachers and teaching assistants. Do you want to feel really prepared and equipped to meet the diverse needs in your class? Do you want to effectively manage, de-escalate and minimise behaviour that's challenging? Do you want to confidently and effectively lead your team in the classroom to maximise impact? Or do you want to stop spending lots of time looking for resources and strategies? Then I'm here to help. Autism for Teachers is an accessible anytime online training course designed to help teachers and teaching assistants meet the holistic needs of autistic children and young people. After consulting in lots of different schools as an autism specialist teacher and advising hundreds of teachers and school leaders on high quality autism provision and practice, I've put together Autism for Teachers to give you an easy and accessible way of gaining the practical strategies and resources that are going to help you effectively support autistic children's learning. 
expand your knowledge of autism, developing communication, supporting sensory processing, emotional regulation, behavior, and social interaction with a comprehensive resource base of bite-sized videos featuring lots of practical ways that you can help and support children's learning, progress, and well-being. Perfect for busy teachers. You can gain a toolbox of evidence-based strategies and skills, as well as downloadable resources such as visual support, like timetables or editable documents like behaviour support plans or classroom organisation. We also have packages for schools. Come and join now at autismspectrumteacher.com to get started straight away. Well, the, the idea of the engine shed locally actually came out of uh, the transport parts. Yeah. Uh, group was set up um, not that much longer ago, um, the middle of last year, uh, by Nushka Yo, um, which was again it was an online information sharing group for families with a, a broader sort of transport interest. Yeah. Um, to, to share places they might want to go to, where they visited, what their children's interests were. Um, that absolutely developed literally with a, with a, like an avalanche of interest we the group has now got over 600 members in london alone yeah, it's well. spreading around the country we're getting contacts from from the us now um and that just shows the sort of the, the where the transport interest comes um and the, the, again the, the variations on on where the special interests come yeah. Um, it was a chance conversation amongst the, the, the three admins who we, we helped to, to sort of support the group um, about the idea of the engine shed. And I was basically told, when am I going to open one? So there you go. We, we've got an engine shed in Stratton now. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the other admins, and, and, and in fact, a couple of my helpers on the on, on the Hornby track, they're actually, I, I met them through Transport Sparks and they really enjoyed coming and helping as well. So we're, we're all there. It's, there's a lot of uh, cross working between the two groups. Yeah, yeah. Just thinking back about the, you know, the impact of of what this has for the parents and for the children. Um, there was somebody that mentioned that they don't go to many places, and this and the engine shed for them was somewhere that they could that they would they could come um, because they they don't know where else to go. Yeah, it, it, it's noticeable that the, the, the sort of first time families that come, uh, it's noticeable how many of them arrive and the parents are, are ser seriously sort of anxious about their child and how yeah. they will interact with it and what they should do and what they might do wrong or what they might mess up. Um, it, the, the parents that have been there for a few open days are the ones sitting outside quietly having a chat and a cup of coffee because yes. they as the children arrive, they are completely focused on, on, on what they're doing. Um, uh, and we, we've had a number of, of people that have arrived with with concerns. You, they've obviously been in their, into sort of neurotypical type activities, and they are they're just sort of concerned about how their child might be seen um, mm. and, and what reaction they might have. Um, and with the opposite of engine shed, um, it's been interesting where people siblings have come or friends, and there you have the, the, the neurotypical children are very much in the minority, mm. and they mm. actually look slightly bemused by what's going on because they're not getting the, the same feedback as they might have with their friends at school or, or at a birthday party or something like that. Yeah. And, and they, yet they can't work out how all these children are having such a whale of a time. So they become in the minority themselves. It's quite interesting to sort of flip it over yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the children completely get it. They will, the, the siblings, will, you, you can see them working out what's going on and, and fitting into 
the, the autistic environment that, that, that they are now in for that for those two hours. Yeah. Um, so it's it's great to see. Um, and so we've everybody seems to understand each other. Um, it's a sort of it's almost telepathic in some ways. Yeah. Um, there might not be the huge amount of sort of uh, spoken communication um, between the children, but they seem to know what they're about, and they know they know they they. Re- they work. They sort of act and think in a similar way. So they get on with it. When two trains come from opposite directions down the same track, one of them's going to have to move. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't just it doesn't just turn into a battle. You one they'll sort it out. You know, there's no worry. And they say the parents will say, well, fine, off you go. Yeah. Um, so yes, it, it, it is very strange. It was very odd in that very first session we had that just to see what was going on. Yeah. And just to pick up on body language and how they how they all work together. Um, and now that's that's normal, um, and it's now a case of actually reassuring parents when they arrive, saying, "Just come in and watch and see what happens." Yeah. And bring yeah. your child in there, and see what he or she does. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 take it. From- yeah, and it's great because, you know, the the space that you are using, you do have, um, you know, and, and and that kind of extra bit round the corner, which kind of pre- presents itself well as being a a calmer, quieter space yeah. if if the 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 needs arise uh for a child to have some some quieter time yes we're, we're really lucky the uh stress and youth central they've been they've been so good to us to uh, with with the venue yeah a little space just outside the main hall uh where amongst the, the materials i've acquired we've got a whole complete set of tom books we've got a random selection of railway magazines model railway catalogs and we get some weeks where i can see that some children are in there for the whole two hours that's their thing. That's where they want to be that week. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, that, that, and they, you know, and that's there's no sort of pressure on them to do to, to do anything. Yeah. Um, if that's what today means, then that's... yeah, then fine. If that's what the engine means for them, that, yeah. that's equally fine. Yeah. They're obviously taking in everything else that, that's going on. It's yeah. up to them to you know um, yeah, pick and choose what they want to do. Yeah, and that's so important, like you said, about it being a safe space where. Yeah the children and young people can do what they want to do. They can, they make of it what they, you know, what they, they do. And, 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 and it's great as well just to see, to have that space for the parents. And, um, I was just thinking, Richard, as you were talking, is trains one of your special interests? Has it been, <laughs> has it been one of your special, special interests? Um, I, I think it's safe to say that I was brought up with them rather hard. Uh, yeah. Um, that was uh, an avid train enthusiast. Um, got to the point of not just watching trains, but timing them everywhere he went. Oh wow! Um, which actually then got him uh, writing for the railway mag- every month. Yeah, um, brilliant. He also got a job at the railway museum in York when it opened. Uh, so it's fair to say we were brought up with trains everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I think some of it's rubbed off on me in different ways. Um, so I, I've realised that my my knowledge of them is is um, is a, a and I've got I've got access I I've, I've got contacts and access into was the, the mainline railways but a lot of the heritage railways as well um, and and worked in museums as, as well so which is always helpful for getting inside information on what's going on um, for for the transport spot group or whatever um, so yeah it, it's ended up being a, a bit of for me um, uh, and but actually whole I, I missed out on the whole sort of Hornby trains thing so I suppose this is me going back to my childhood and having, having yeah. a chance to have a bit of fun with that. Um, I, I mean, in terms of setting up engine shed, it, it, I, I, I did a, a sponsored walk in the middle of last year. I walked up to Nottingham, like you do, along the along the canal. Oh wow, uh, lovely! 
raised raised a couple of thousand pounds, which basically kicked off Engine Shed. I then spent far too much time, not too much money, but quite a lot of money on, on eBay, um, which is why I've now got eight large crates of, of railway <laughs> stuff in my head. <laughs> uh, and, and that's basically what Engine Shed is. It, it, it is it is that stuff um, where where the kids can go and choose what they want to do. It might be they've got the stuff at home. I've had interesting comments where the parents have said, "Oh, their child has has." thinks he's grown out of it now. We've got the stuff, it's in the loft, mm-hmm. but they never use it. And yet they come to Engine Shed and they're completely in at it. When you see 25-year-olds yeah. trying to build the longest train they can on a track master set, that's cool. Um, yeah. And their mum's going, yeah, you always used to do that. Um, so, yeah. yes, it's, it's uh, you know, w- whatever happens. Um, so, yes, setting the thing up has been relatively simple. It's now, now a case of having got it and the, knowing that the idea works, where can it go at the moment? Yeah. Um, lots of ideas buzzing around my head, and uh, great to talk to people like yourself who come along to the uh, who are in the sort of autism uh, autism sector and and sort of hear the very different sort of threads that that, that exist in education, uh, in uh, family support, and all the rest of it. Uh, yeah. To see where it where it might fit in, what we might do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'd definitely love to come come down again to another session and see, you know, see how how things to evolve and but even even not thinking about kind of evolution right now it's doing so much for the community um which is is just brilliant are you a parent or carer looking for ways to help your child's development are you looking to upskill your own knowledge to help you better advocate for your child There is a lot of information out there and I certainly know it can feel very overwhelming trying to navigate it all to find ways that are really going to help your child and their progress. Autism for Parents is an accessible anytime online course full of bite-sized videos and downloadable resources, giving you lots of practical ways and tips that you can help your child in the areas of developing communication, sensory needs, behavior, emotional regulation, transitions and social interaction. I'm also offering further personalized support with myself, Steph Reed, an autism specialist teacher and consultant to help you identify tailored ways to help your child. Come and join now at autismspectrumteacher.com. And Richard, do you mind if we talk a bit about your late diagnosis? And I, I'd love to hear how, how the diagnosis has had an impact on you. Yeah, it was um, a suggestion by my older sister um, a few Christmases ago. Um, we were chatting about various things. And I was struggling to keep a job uh, in terms of just getting frustrated with it, uh, getting, uh, finding in, in, in a sort of junior management type role, getting things to happen, working with other people. Uh, both of my sister's teacher, um, I've been in teaching briefly, but then moved away into uh, developing online learning uh, courses uh, mm-hmm. using my IT background. And she just sort of mentioned, have you ever thought that you might be autistic? And it was one of those strange moments where I thought, well, yeah, mm-hmm. now you mention it. Because I worked in a school with a specialism autism unit, a mainstream school uh, in Wandsworth. And I most relate, of the children in the school, they were the ones I realised I'm most related to. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested in supporting them. And through the other stuff I've done, I'm very much involved with with, with inclusion and, and special needs. And it's it was that sort of, oh, okay. 
Mm. Uh, so I put myself through the um, assessment uh, process, which was obviously very child focused, um, sitting in a room being assessed using children's toys, very strange. I don't oh, wow. think they had anything for, for adults. Um, yeah. And I, I got this, a slightly unusual uh, diagnosis. They, they basically, they, the, my official diagnosis is atypical autism, okay. which is basically that I don't tick all the boxes or yeah. scores aren't high enough, but they're quite sure underneath it there is somebody that's had years yeah. of, of, of to be neurotypical when they're not. Um, so I'm still presenting as something which internally is not the way my brain goes. So it's been sort of two years of unwinding that a little bit, um, and then getting involved with Transport Sparks, Engine Shed, and other groups, and realizing just what is out there and yeah. what is different, I suppose, with the support uh, for uh, people on the spectrum at the moment, but also clearly what what could be done uh, to to sort of develop that further. Um, it, you know, there is still huge waiting lists for assessment. Uh, there is still a clear shortage of autism specific activities or autism focused activities not necessarily exclusively for them mm. um, so it, it, it's hopefully I can put the sort of my the business experience that I've had um, uh, and apply it uh, in this sort of area and we'll, we'll, we'll see what see what comes brilliant oh it's been great to talk to you well thank, thanks for you uh, coming down and um, it's great to sort of get yet another sort of cog in the in the uh, autism network to uh, uh, to ping ideas off and, uh, and to pick your brains yeah. uh, and others yeah and uh, yeah great to see if you can come down again in a few months and uh, see see where we're up to oh, i'd love that if anyone wants to come and um get some more information about engine shed where would they find it we're all over social media and the web we've got slightly different names everywhere we go uh we're on the web at um engine shed london .com. uh we're on twitter and engine shed sw16 which is the postcode of stratum and on uh, Facebook as Engine Shed South London, there is a the Engine Shed group, which is the other the other two guys right. uh, in um, Chingford and Reading. Uh, because I'm doing things in a slightly different way, where I'm, I'm running under the same logo as them, uh, but I'm sort of we're, we're doing a slightly different variation on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, find us on, and and by all means, always interested in any contact questions from people, even though not necessarily specifically trains related. Um, mm -hmm. So to, to sort of pull people together or all bounce ideas off, that'd be great. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Lovely. Thanks for the call, Steph. Okay, then. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Great. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Richard Simmons and listening to how valuable using children's interests is in their learning, for their interactions and relationships. I'll put all of the information of how you can find the engine sheds in the show notes on my website, autismspectrumteacher.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Autism Spectrum Teacher podcast in iTunes or Spotify to listen to the latest episodes as soon as they're released. I would love to hear your feedback about the podcast, so please do write a review on iTunes. And this will also help the podcast to be heard by more people and hopefully help more people. So I'd be really grateful if you could write a quick sentence or two. Please share the podcast with anyone who you think would be interested or who this may help, as it would be great to get this information to help more people. All the information about the school and service outreach, coaching and training I provide is on my website, www.autismspectrumteacher.com. 
You can find me on all social media channels. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn and YouTube with the username Steph Reed Autism. So come and connect and also come and join our Facebook group. It's called Autism and Inclusive Teaching, where we're sharing lots of ideas, resources, asking questions and supporting each other. So come and join the community. Brilliant. Have a great day and speak to you next time. Bye bye.